15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good morning, folks. My name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And I'm going to be your host this morning. This very, well, it looks to be a decent spring morning out there. I tell you, I don't know about yourself, but I, I love the color green. It's great to see uh, some colors emerging rather than just white and brown. Uh, our grass in our front yard looks very green right now. Had that snow slash rain and uh you know, Mother Nature's kind of making that transition into spring, so that's great, and it's great to be here with you. Uh, yesterday, I went and got my second shot. Uh, it was a Pfizer shot the, for COVID, and uh, I'll tell you, it was up in uh, Glens Falls at the old Sears in the Aviation Mall, and talk about like a well-oiled machine. It's just amazing how organized and uh, how nice everybody was, so I want to Send a kudos out to all the volunteers and anybody involved with that. Just just a great experience. It really was amazing. And to me, as I've talked to before on the show, pretty fantastic that to be able to have a vaccine pretty much just a year after we were going through this um, with the pandemic. So I'm very excited to be moving back to a more normal environment. So again, thanks to all the volunteers for all the different sites that uh, are out there and uh, Hopefully you're getting your vaccine or scheduled to get it so we can move back to normal. But it's great to be here with you to answer any questions you may have. You can reach me at 800-TALK-WGY. That is 800-825-5949. Again, 800-825-5949. We're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, we have uh, Josh from Troy. Josh, you there? Absolutely, Martin. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm actually, uh, I, we're in downtown Troy, so we're not too far from your guys' offices. So it's, a, it's a beautiful morning and a great place to walk around. Great, great. I'm glad to hear that. What can I help you with? Yeah, so um, we are, we, we buy a, a good amount of real estate, um, especially kind of in the Troy area. And that's, that's kind of a bulk of our holding. Um, but I was hoping to just kind of get your two cents on our equity positions. Um, nothing overly exotic. We don't pick single stocks. Um, really, the two main funds that we uh, we focus on are just the Vanguard total stock market um, and then the NASDAQ. And my question this morning was more so just asset allocation. Um, right now, we are uh, an 80-20 split, 80% Vanguard, 20% QQQ. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, your thoughts on if that's aggressive or if maybe because we we're only in our early 30s, so we still have a long time horizon. If it makes sense to maybe, you know, tick up the NASDAQ a little bit and turn down the total stock market. Just wondering your two cents on that. OK, uh, good question. So this money, this is just long term buy and hold type of money. You have no plans on it anytime soon. Is that correct? You got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. So, listen. The Vanguard total stock market. You know, I would I would always say is 
if you don't know where to go, you just got some money you want to put out there, that is just, it, that's fantastic. You know, you hear Warren Buffett, you know, he says you want to buy the market. And that's it. You're buying the market right there. You, you own the broad uh, stock market. And so you got, it's just a really simple, simple way to get exposure. Uh, by putting QQQ in there, as you've listened to the show, we're big fans of, of that index. Uh, it tracks the um, really the, the top 100 positions in uh, the NASDAQ, and it's really a growth uh, allocation. Uh, so a lot of allocation to technology, a lot of the big names because it's market cap weighted, and then uh, some biotech as well. So great company to have in there. You know, here's the thing that the observation I would make to you, which is, 20%, uh, that's a good amount uh, to, to put more in there now. Hey, you know, that, that index will keep marching forward. But, you know, you have to be aware that the last 10 years for that index has been stellar, like fantastic. Right. Uh, I think last year it was up 47%. So, um, you know, it could uh, hit some the, a little bit of Roblox. You know, it doesn't mean that it's going to, I mean, I don't know if it's going to, you know, underperform or whatever, but you know, you have to be aware that at least growth has outperformed value substantially over the last 10 years. And these things tend to rotate uh, between value and growth over periods of time. And, and actually value from a historical perspective has tended to outperform uh, growth. So I don't know if I'd add any more uh, to, um, to QQQ. The one thing you might wanna do is add some to value. Right, so you you in your broad market you've got value because it's just it's got everything, but you know you might want a specific allocation to value. Value year to date is outperform uh, growth, and that rotation could happen. So if you're talking about diversification, uh, adding let's say taking 10%, 15% from the broad stock market and putting in something like MGV, uh, which is a kind of a large cap, uh, mega cap value, or just a there's a value index through. Uh, Vanguard, um, and uh, so now you got some exposure to value, so you're just a little bit more diversified. Um, that, that's the only thing I might recommend is, you know, again, you, you got a real simplistic portfolio, but sometimes simple does really well, and uh, that's the only change I might recommend. Yeah, I'm looking at VTV right now. I mean, so the, you know, VTI has outpaced QQQ by about 3% year to date, and then... Yep. VTV looks like it's up about fifteen percent year to date. Um, wasn't it's not a fund I was familiar with, so definitely worth checking that out. Yeah, I mean most of our, like I said, most of our holdings are are real estate and cash right now, and and uh, the equities is kind of more of for when we are closer to retirement, and we, simplicity is a big thing for us. So, you know, we've up to this point, it's just been VTI and QQQ, so might be worth checking out VTV to kind of throw in there. Yeah, just a little bit of diversification, and you know, you're a long-term buyer. Now it sounds like you're, you're diversifying with your asset classes. So it sounds like you're doing everything right. Appreciate it. And then my last question: So right now we're at again 80 VTI, 20 QQQ, and then is you know if if we were to explore something like a VTV or other you know value index fund, um, would it make sense to you know hold? back a little bit from VTI and then carve out some asset allocation for like a value index fund? Yeah, that's what I probably would do. Uh, you know, maybe even take, you know, 5%. I mean, 20% NASDAQ is not too bad, but if you took 5% from there and then 10% from the VTI, now you get 15 and 15 between the growth and the value, and then you get the broad market. So that might be an approach that, yeah, that might work. 
Yeah, it's a really nice. Martin, I really appreciate your time. Have a great Sunday. Yeah, you take care, Josh. Yeah, good, good question with him from Josh's perspective. And, you know, listen, I think from our perspective, we add a lot of value to our clients' portfolios by what we tactical asset management, right? So all that means is we're looking to make adjustments to portfolios based on what we see in the market and the economy. So, for example, we've been underweight uh, international for the last five years, and right now we have no international portfolio uh, allocation for equities. <clears throat> and that's worked really well. That's that's definitely it's been it for them this year. It's been for them the last five years. You know, we've been substantially overweight technology over the last nine or 10 years. That's been beneficial. We've uh, been overweight financial. We added that to the portfolios last year, along with small cap and value. Again, we don't always get it right, but, uh, you know, we do we do pretty well for our clients. So those tactical changes add a lot of value. But if you're just like Josh's situation where you're kind of doing it on your own and you just want to throw a bunch of money in there, especially in the accumulation stages, right? That is just the best way just to throw a bunch of money in there and just let it go and don't even think about it. So uh, again, I think from our perspective, we are able to add value, but uh, you know, if you're doing it on your own, that's that's the approach I would take. And as I mentioned, that's that's Warren Buffett's view, which is, at the end of the day, if you own if you own the broad market, you're not doing so bad. So, um, but I encourage anybody else to call in with any questions. You can reach me at 800 Talk WGY. That's 800 825 5949. So call in with any questions you may have. As I always say, you may be doing your fellow listener a favor by asking that question that they have. So one of the things I want to highlight here for you today, I was getting on my computer. Uh, I don't know if any of you, you know, if with your Microsoft, when you log in, uh, it comes up with Bing and that gets us the search engine for Microsoft. And, you know, it has these amazing pictures from around the world. And today it came in, it was the big blue sphere of the earth and uh, April, I, I guess it used to be a, a day in April. It was uh, Earth Day, but now that it's Earth Month. And, you know, frankly, it's probably deserves a month, right? You know, <laughs> I think so much for what we do in our lives, uh, whether it be, you know, what we have here in the U.S. Uh, or what we have here in the world, we, we take for granted. And, you know, we really shouldn't, right? So we're, we're fortunate to live in the U.S. and uh, all the, you know, struggles we may have as a country, but, you know, we're still just an amazing place to live. So I'm fortunate for that. But also, you know, the planet that we live on, uh, you know, it's we really realize how many things have lined up correctly for us to have what we have uh, is pretty f phenomenal. But a few interesting facts. So one of which um, I, you know, I knew that uh, iron made up a lot of the, the, the planet. Right. So but it ends up being about 80 percent of our core of the planet is iron. Right. But it is the largest uh material in the planet but the second largest is oxygen and i didn't realize this that it makes up 70 percent of the earth's crust you think about that right that's just doesn't i'm not sure how that works but 70 percent of the earth's crust uh is oxygen the other thing that came up this is a little quiz that came up on uh with bing about earth day is that not only does the moon impact the tides but the sun does didn't know that either didn't know that and then the other thing is, and I think I've heard this before, but it really gets kind of complicated when you think about it, is that the uh, on a given day, it's not 24 hours, right? The actual time for the Earth to rotate around the sun is 23 hours, 56 minutes, and four seconds, right? So we're just about four minutes shy 
on any given day of that 24 hours to rotate around. But it's because um, of movement in the sun that it actually comes out to pretty much perfectly 24 hours. So uh, I guess there's what's called a solar day and then there's called a side reel day. And those are the two differences between how long it takes to for the Earth to actually rotate around the sun. And the other one is the 24 hours, which is the solar day. So I'll tell you again, interesting stuff, but just uh, again, I always think it's important to appreciate all that you have in your life and uh, to appreciate the Earth and whatever we can do to make sure it's in, in good health. But we're not just here to talk about the planet Earth. We're here to talk about finances and financial planning. So again, I encourage you to call in with any questions you may have, and you can reach me at 800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So another great week in the market. Uh, the S&P 500 is up 11.4% year to date. And I, I tell you, I'm a big believer that uh, you got to just like you got to appreciate the earth or the country that we live in. You got to appreciate where the market is hitting all time highs. All right. You got to appreciate being a long term investor. Uh, you know, if you've got your a large enough allocation to equities, you're, you're doing well. Um, so it's it's great news. And, you know, we've been talking about this uh, for quite some time, certainly beginning of the year is. There's a lot of positives out there that can continue pushing this market higher. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about is the Federal Reserve, right? So they set the monetary policy for the country. And there was a graph that I was looking at about the money supply, which is what the Federal Reserve helps control basically through uh, its banking element and what it provides to uh, banks. And it is the amount of it was called M2, which is the part of the money supply that's out there there's a comparison to what it was increased during the global financial crisis. And it's probably about 80% higher than it was during the global financial crisis. And that's by design, right? The Federal Reserve has done that by, by design. That's all the liquidity that's out there. And while that is out there, and that is the case, uh, you know, it is gonna continue to be the situation where uh, the economy is gonna be good. Uh, right now, we're looking at economic growth for the year at 6.4%. That is, we have not seen growth at that level uh, since 1983. Imagine that, 1983. And at that time period, when that happened, the economy was one-third the size it is today. Somewhere around the $6 trillion mark, we're closer to 19 plus trillion. So one-third the size it is today, that was the last time we see, saw growth at that level. And, uh, you know, that's, that's when people ask, why is the market up? That's why the market's up, is that, you know, is, uh, this economy is going to be doing very well. Uh, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, one of the, the big elements out there is the, the uh, housing market. And, you know, it's, uh, if you're buying or selling a home in this capital region, and this is true in, for most, uh, you know, urban areas, uh, it's, it's, boy, that's a hot market out there. So if you're a seller and you don't need to be buying, I don't know, that's not, not a lot of folks, but if you got excess real estate you want to get rid of, uh, it's a good time to be selling. And, you know, that will remain the case as long as the economy's strong. And uh, interest rates, even though they've come up from where they were about a year ago, or uh, I guess the su last summer was really when they hit their low, uh, you know, a 30-year mortgage is still just over 3%, which is crazy. That is a very low 
interest rate. Um, so that that's going to continue to propel uh, the economy forward. And the other thing too is when you look at the overall housing supply, the stock of housing, it's at almost a historic low, right? It is really at a very low level. So that's good news for home builders. Uh, and again, it's something that's going to continue to push uh, the economy higher. And you know, you think about it. Whenever you have ever bought or sold a home, there's a lot of other transactions that go along with that, right? Everything from moving to painting and to buying furniture or whatever. So all those transactions that occur are real positive uh, to the market. And that's going to keep the, the economy strong and it's going to flow through to the, the stock market as well. So, you know, we want to talk about the markets, but we also want to talk about some financial planning things that you can implement in your own personal situation. And one of them that I, idea that I want to kind of bring up is, um, is when people roll over 401ks to IRAs, and we've talked about this before that, you know, from our perspective, you always want to be, if you have the ability to roll over a 401k into an IRA, you really want to be doing that. I mean, the only caveat to that is you want to have a well thought up plan. You, you don't want to be rolled into an IRA and just kind of winging it, buying stocks. But if you have a well thought out plan, you want to do that because in large part, first and foremost, it's cost, right? So you're paying for fees with that 401k plan that uh, you really don't need uh, if you can avoid it, right? You're paying for record keeping costs, third party administration costs, financial advisory costs that, you know, you're probably better off getting better advice if you're going to use an outside advisor who's a fiduciary or doing it on your own. Um, and then, you know, just investment options, you got more opportunities. And, and, you know, these days, many 401k plans have some pretty good investment options, but there's still some of them that are not great and have higher expenses. So again, our general recommendation is to always roll a 401k into an IRA whenever you have the opportunity. But a couple of things that you, you want to be aware of, and this is what we see quite often when we're helping clients. One is if you have any post-tax dollars in a 401k. And I'm not talking about a Roth uh, 401k. I'm just talking about sometimes you can have post-tax dollars into your 401k that were put in there post-tax. And again, it's, I'm not talking about a Roth. These are just post-tax dollars in your 401k. Those dollars can roll into a Roth IRA when you roll it out. So just be aware if you have that situation. It doesn't happen that often, but we see it probably once out of every 10 clients that we're working with that they have that. The other thing that you have to at least look at it, and I bring this up because we've had a number of situations that have come up where this existed in the last year, because where you have a company stock in there, um, you can roll that company stock and not put it in an IRA, but put it into a brokerage account. And that's called net unrealized appreciation, NUA. And the situation that you'd want to use this for is, let's say, you know, whether it be Regeneron or Plug Power or any of these companies that maybe you came in in a situation and you have a very low cost basis. And I would kind of give you the ratio of cost basis to overall value as to it being somewhere under 25%. So what I mean by that is, let's say you're positioning your stock in your 401k is $100,000, right? Um, and your cost basis in there is somewhere below $25,000 or less, right? The lower it is, the better off this option is. Because what happens is, you can roll that that stock out of your 401k when you this is when you uh doing a rollover you can roll that out into a brokerage account rather than an ira 
And the reason that's beneficial is now you're going to pay uh, ordinary income on that cost basis. So let's say it's this, this is a really good situation. It's $10,000. So you're going to pay ordinary income on that cost basis. But now the other $90,000 of gain, that is gain that you only are going to pay tax on if you sell that position and it's going to be at long-term capital gains rate. So 15%. So now you compare that, if you move the whole thing into an IRA, then at that point, all those dollars are gonna be taxed at, um, you're gonna be taxed at uh, ordinary income tax rates, right? Which are much higher. Plus, here's the other thing, is if you have that NUA position and you just hold on to it, maybe it's a company stock that you really like, it's a very solid company, if you were to pass away, your heirs get a full step up in cost basis and your gain goes away completely, right? So really, you want to be aware of that. If you have company stock in your, um, in your 401k and you have a very low cost basis for that, the net unrealized appreciation when you roll that over is a great option. But you have to really know what you're doing or work with an advisor that does and also with a CPA that does because it's complicated. It's not, this is not, when I'm describing to you, I'm giving you the, the very simplistic overview of what it is, but it is not necessarily that, that simple. Um, and the thing to remember is what we also see this with, uh, is sometimes with uh, non-publicly traded companies, and I'm going to let you know, I'm not going to go into the details for it with you, but that does not work, right? You can, really can't do this with, you can do it, but it doesn't work out from a, from a, a tax perspective uh, to do it with a, non-publicly traded company that's in what's called an ESOP, an employee stock option uh, plan. So let's talk about another thing that uh, it's just a really interesting thing that we see, you hear about it uh, as, as far as kind of a saying, and that is sell in May and go away. And what that means is from a market perspective, that if you look at it from a statistical perspective that quite often May through even August tend to be not great months for the market now you know in any given year like last year uh they it was a, it was a great time period but if you look at it from just a purely statistical perspective from uh, historical data quite often those months are not great and part of the reason is many of the traders uh you know institutional traders they are they're on vacation during that time period so the liquidity in the markets is not great uh it tends to be at the very minimum a little bit more volatile uh and <clears throat> the other interesting thing too is April, uh, beyond December, is the second best month, statistically speaking, uh, in the markets, right? So quite often you can have a very strong month in April, and then again, you can have some weakness uh, as you start in May and you go through uh, in the summer. And you know what we always try to highlight in these circumstances is, you know, it's an interesting fact and something that you wanna be aware of, but to try to play the game, and we have some folks that you know, say, well, I, you know, I, I know about this adage, should we go ahead and do it? To try to play that game is, is anytime you try to tie the market, it is just a tough situation. So, you know, this year, I think we may actually hit some volatility when we hit May and on through, just because, you know, hey, the S&P is up 11%. Uh, that's fantastic. The higher it goes up, the more likely you're gonna hit some volatility. But with that said, I don't think you wanna be trying to time the market. And these adages are just kind of good to be aware of, but, don't get too fancy. That's what I always say. Well, folks, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM, 
Come back and join us as we take your questions. Welcome back, folks. For those of you who are just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Finance Group. And I'm sitting in for my colleague, Steve Boucher, to be your host today on Let's Talk Money. And it's great to be here with you on this spring morning. And I hope that you're doing well and getting geared up to enjoy the springtime, right? That just uh, doesn't get much better than this. Uh, we, uh, we put a pool in our backyard about three or four years ago. And uh, this year, we're actually opening it up on Tuesday. <laughs> so now, we're not going to be swimming in it anytime soon, I don't think. it's. Uh, I think on Friday, it's going to be 42. So, uh, but, you know, there's just something about seeing water, right? It's uh, it's just very peaceful to be able to look out in the backyard and see the pool, see the water. And so that's, I got the mindset right now. I think we're all eager for summer to get here in warm weather. So maybe we're getting out ahead of ourselves, but uh, that's that may be the case. Um, but, you know, definitely looking forward to it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, April is Earth Month. So hopefully you're doing something to take care of the Earth. I was bringing up a few interesting facts and a few more that uh, you might be um, wanting to know about. One of which I think many people know this, which I think is interesting. 70% of the Earth's surface is water. 70%. Isn't that amazing? But only 3% is freshwater. Most of it is ocean. So only 3% of it of the water is freshwater, but 70% is water. That's, that's quite amazing. The other thing too is, um, you know, we think about, we talk about something called solar winds and the magnetic fields around our earth. Those magnetic fields protect us against the solar winds. If we didn't have that, it, the earth would just be just a mess, just kind of like basically like Venus. And, uh, you know, again, you think about these things that are just somewhat random that they're kind of set up, right? but how they protect us uh, as humans. And, you know, we don't really think about it too much, uh, but, you know, any given day, uh, we're fortunate to have it in place. So during Earth Month, I, I would say to you to kind of learn a little bit more about the Earth, what you can do to protect it and being thankful for it. So folks, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800 800- 825-5949. Again, 800-825-5949. So we talked about uh, the markets hitting all-time highs and this being another good week. One of the things that has come out too is in this market performance, uh, what is considered a healthy stock market rally is when many of the stocks, not just a few, but like last year was more just some of the big names that were really carrying the market. But this year, it is a, what's called a broad rally, right? So actually, it came to a point where 95% of the companies in the S&P 500 are above their 200 moving day average, right? So just means that their average price over the last 200 day, days, 
their current price is above that. And 95% of the companies in the S&P 500 are above that average. And that doesn't happen that often. Uh, one of the last times that it happened was in uh, 2009, uh, around October of 2009. And if you remember then, uh, we just came out of the financial crisis and markets continue to do very well since then. So it is an indicator that the stock market rally is very healthy to see that. And, you know, we've talked about with our portfolios, you know, we use positions that have exposure to the S&P 500, that have exposure to the NASDAQ. And those, those indices are market cap weighted, right? So the bigger the company, the Apples, the Amazons, uh, the Googles, Microsofts, they make a bigger part of uh, those indices. But we also use what we call equal weight indices, right? So that means where every one of the companies in, let's say, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ has the same weight. So a big company like Apple has the same weight as a smaller company. And the, the reason to have that type of index in your portfolio is just, just like for years like right now, right? Because, yeah, you know, Apple's a great company, probably going to continue to do well. But there can be many times that those smaller companies actually can have greater growth than the mega cap companies, right? And that makes sense, right? So you think about it. If you got a company that's worth $2 trillion and you want it to grow by 20%, you got to add $400 billion of market cap. Uh, to that, right? So you can imagine that, that requires a substantial amount of uh, increased cash flow and profits. Whereas if you're a hundred million company or a billion dollar company, uh, you know, to add 20%, yeah, it's, it, it's a much smaller number in increased revenue and cash flow. So it, relatively speaking, just looking at pure uh, numbers perspective, it's potentially easier to do it. So, you know, having an equal weight index uh, is going to be beneficial to your portfolio from a long-term perspective from diversification. And certainly year to date, uh, the S&P 500 equal weight is up almost 15.5%, right? So the S&P is up 11%, 11.4, and uh, the equal weight is up 15.5, right? So that much more. And that's not always the case, right? There are some years where the S&P 500 outperforms. But having that diversification, uh, and certainly this year, uh, adds that value. And also, as I mentioned, just the health of this rally, market rally, uh, is pretty positive. It's a pretty strong thing. But let's talk about some financial planning ideas that you should be aware of. One of the things I want to highlight to folks is uh, just the increase in the amount of fraud that's out there. Uh, and you know, quite often, this fraud is targeted towards uh, more elderly people. But not always, uh, you know, we see situations where the younger folks uh, get fooled as well. I mean, these folks are pros, right? This, these people are pros. And what we're seeing out there is people either getting emailed or called uh, and that somebody that is acting like it could be Amazon or it could be their bank or some company uh, and they're able to find out. It's a company that they may have a relationship with. This is how sophisticated they are. And they're telling these people that they're, they were giving, uh, accidentally given a credit on something and um, they want to see if they could help them get that money back. And, you know, right, what I'll tell you is this. Whenever you have a company who emails you, texts you, or calls you and is asking um, to get some information from you, that is right then and there a red flag. 
right? That none of these, no company that is legitimate is going to call you asking for any sort of vital information. Absolutely never. And, you know, if you're ever concerned that maybe there is an issue, whether it's your credit card or your bank, hang up the phone, don't answer that email, don't click on that attachment and call your bank or go to your bank or call your, uh, your credit card company on the back using the 1-800 number in the back of your credit card, right? That way, you know, as you're calling in, you've got that company. So that is the clearest way to prevent this kind of this avenue of fraud that we're hearing out there. There was actually an, an article in AARP that did a great job of highlighting that. And a lot of this is being done overseas. Uh, a lot of it actually is coming out of India, uh, where these calls are coming from. And I'm just telling you, they are sophisticated. They're going to have, usually they're going to find out bits of information about you that uh, are going to make it sound like, um, you know, it's a legit company. And in particular, there's one with Amazon because now these days, so many people use Amazon for something. And that's the one that really is, you see, we're seeing a lot of situations where people are getting uh, scammed. So again, if you're getting a call right away, do not, uh, I, I would, the other thing I would say is, you know, if you don't know the number, probably better off not taking it these days. Uh, but the other thing I would recommend is that everybody out there have on their credit uh, score, uh, a credit, um, either a freeze or a watch, right? So a watch is simply, a credit watch is simply on the three credit bureaus. If somebody is checking your credit to maybe open a line of credit or a credit card, you're going to get notification, right? And that's important because uh, you want to know that, right? So it should be only you who's doing that. Uh, and if somebody else is doing that, you want to know that right away that you could call that credit agency and say, hey, what's going on with this? So at, that's the minimum is a credit watch. A credit freeze is where somebody cannot access your credit report uh, to open up a line of credit or to open a credit card. It is frozen. You can't even do it, right? So, you know, if you wanted to, if you had a credit freeze and you wanted to open up, you're going to have to call that credit agency and open it back up for a temporary period of time you know, get that loan and close it. And where this works the best uh, is two situations. One is if you've had credit fraud, meaning that you've been the victim of, of a, uh, identity theft, you probably want to have a credit freeze on there because you are in a higher risk situation that, uh, you know, you really want to you protect yourself because if, if somebody accesses your credit and starts you know, taking out loans or credit cards, it is hard to change it. it I'm just telling you, it's hard to clear it up. The other situation is, frankly, you know, if you're, you know, over 70, you pay cash for your cars, you, you don't need a mortgage, you don't need any more credit cards, you know, you're probably better off freezing your credit, right? You know, it, it, most people when you get to a certain age really don't need that, that credit line out there. It's more of a risk uh, than a positive. And if you need to go back and change it, you can. It's not, you know, it's, you can go ahead and temporarily lift it. But it's just peace of mind and a lot easier to freeze that credit. And frankly, you know, it is folks over 65 who are most vulnerable to the type of fraud that I'm describing. So just something to be aware of, whether it's yourself and or parent, grandparent. Uh, it's good guidance to, to give them and uh, just to try to protect them. Well, folks, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion on financial planning and investment management topics. And we take your questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM and 810 AM.
Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields, and I'm your host today. I'm sitting in for Stephen Boucher, and it's great to be here with you on this spring morning. I hope that you're doing well, and I hope that uh, maybe today you're going to get out and go for a walk or a bike ride. Uh, you go to the battlefields if you're up by the Saratoga area. That's a great place to, to do it. And I think there's more and more these days. There's a lot of great bike paths and paths to go on. And so I would encourage you to get out and enjoy what looks to be a, a fairly decent day. But it's great to be here with you to answer any questions you may have regarding your financial planning or investment management concerns. And you can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800 800- 825-5949. Again, 800-825-5949. So I encourage you to call with any questions. I want to kind of continue our discussion on things that you should be aware of, but from a financial planning perspective. But before we do, uh, I probably saw on the news uh, this week that Bernie Madoff passed away. And uh, I don't think that brings a lot of tears to anybody's eyes. Uh, when you think back uh, at that time period, when that news broke in 2009, it was right during, I'm sorry, 2008 into 2009, right during the thick of the financial crisis. And, you know, it was billions, billions of dollars that were caught up in that Ponzi scheme. And, you know, those poor, you read about families that had to sell everything. And, you know, whether it be retirement or whatever, were completely uh, put in a bad spot. And, you know, just to kind of highlight some things that hopefully people are aware of uh, after that. One is one of the issues with with Bernie was that he um, he was his own custodian, so his clients uh, did not have Charles Schwab or Fidelity as their financial custodian. Uh, he, they had Bernie Madoff as their financial custodian, so that's where their assets were held, and they got statements from Madoff Financial, right? So we always talk about that with us. We use Charles Schwab as custodian. You want to we work with an advisor that has a national recognized financial custodian, period. That's that's first and foremost. Second, uh, you know, if you're working with an advisor, having uh, investments in publicly traded uh, stocks, ETFs or mutual funds, it's it's the way to go that you can feel most comfortable that, uh, you know, you can look at that position and know exactly what it's about. When you start talking about private, privately traded uh, uh, kind of holdings, it gets more problematic, and that's and that's an issue. The third thing with Bernie is that his annualized rate of return was 12%, 12% annually. And in anything in life, what I would say to you is, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Just remember that, right? 12%, and people <laughs> didn't question that. There was actually one guy who did. There was one guy, there's a really smart guy who uh, wrote a paper about the fact that he didn't think, he thought Bernie Madoff was committing fraud. But, you know, all these other smart people didn't. So, you know, again, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. We're going to go to the phone lines. We have Bella from Gloversville. Bella, are you there? Hi. 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 My question hi. is, um, yeah, we have a situation where we have some rental property and we still do a little bit of flipping. And, uh, you know, um, should you have things in your name or should they be in a trust or especially as you get older and you want to retire, um, you want less income shown, but yet you don't want to get rid of your assets. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're flipping homes, I would put that in a, um, a, a corporation, right? And, uh, because, 
you know, you want that liability removed from you in case something happens. I mean, I don't. Well, when homes, you say corporation, it, we just we just have an LLC. So you LLC, think it's yeah, that's what I mean. Yep, or yep. Yeah, uh, no, LLC is fine. Good. Perfect. Yep, LLC. I would do LLC. Oh, LLC. Okay. Yep. So, so now you've got that at least protected, uh, removed from your personal assets. Something were to happen, uh, you know, a worker would get injured at that house or something. So that's correct. So now, as far as retirement, so you know, the only reason to remove an asset is if you're trying to prepare for Medicaid, uh, like a Me Medicaid trust type of planning. And you know, what yeah. I would tell you is, you know, you're only going to want to do that if you really, uh, you know, feel comfortable with, because you have somebody else be the trustee. You're removing it out of your ownership. So, you know, maybe at some point you want to be looking at that. But, you know, if these are properties you own, you manage, um, chances are, even in retirement, you're going to want them in your name. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I can't. You know, there can be situations where you remove it, where you can get some of that money from them. But it's going to be, you really want to think about it if you're going to remove it, that you no longer, it's no longer in your name, that that income is no longer being assigned to you. Um, and you're going to have to make sure whoever you put that in their, in their name, well, first of all, they're going to get that income assigned to them. Uh, and second of all, that you feel absolutely comfortable that there's going to be no issues with doing that. Uh, so, you know, I would really have you think, uh, you know, deeply as if that's the right move. Okay, I have two more quick questions. One is, yep. what's your opinion of, um, uh, is it the 1039? Uh, so you have an entity where you're buying and exchanging properties within that entity. Yeah, 1031 exchange. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, 1031 exchange is a great thing, right? So you got property, you, so you want to move up to a bigger piece of property, uh, you know, bigger building. Right. That's a great way to do it. Absolutely. The only thing is then you have to basically get a third party involved, right? So somebody else is, you know, you're you're not controlling your money there, basically. No, it's only on that exchange part where you are getting if there's a third party involved. So uh, no, okay. you just need to, be able, you need to identify the property and then you can move it over there. You're not paying any capital gains on the sale of that other property. Okay, and the last question is, do you guys have workshops where you teach people? Because we're at a, a, a retirement age where it's like, the, here's the ultimate question. How much do you need to retire? Uh, well, that <laughs> could be a, a lengthy answer. Um, we do not. We do not. Um, but, you know, what I'll tell you, I mean, if you're interested in becoming a client, we can certainly chat with you. Um, you know, what you need okay. is just depending on, you got you to basically, all I would tell you real quickly is you got to be able to replace your cash flow. Right. So whatever your cash flow is now, however, you're getting that, you know, if you get real estate, well, you're, you're going to be fine. Right. Because you keep that real estate. But for most people, it's a job. So, you know, you got to figure right. out how you replace that cash flow, whether it's an investment like real estate, Social Security, a pension or from a portfolio. OK, great. Thank you so much. All right. You take care now. We're going to stick with the phone lines. We have uh, Mark from West Sand Lake. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What can I help you with? Good. Really enjoy your show. Hey, um, just quick question is, I know we're talking a lot, a lot of talk about going from, uh, from uh, growth to value, value in a portfolio. Just yep. looking for a recommendation, your best recommendation in the ETF to go to the value line. I've been doing a lot of QQQ investing, but I'm gonna, I might shift things a little bit. You know, I'm 62 years old, going to retire in three years. I'm still looking to, uh, to get some more growth in my portfolio. So maybe you can answer that. Yeah. So I think with the, one of the last callers, uh, we brought up the Vanguard VTV. 
that's it's a great kind of low cost option. It's going to get you exposure to value. Uh, and uh, so I probably would recommend that. Vanguard VTB. Okay. V, v, v is a vector. T is in Tom. V is in vector. Oh, VTV. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. That's, you know, again, right. we're big believers in ETFs, low cost ETF, you know, run by Vanguard. It's going to, it's going to do as good as probably anything out there. So. Yeah. I actually at one time was buying individual stocks and uh, I learned my lesson the hard way. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I will. I preach that, that. I listen to your show every day, every week, Good. every weekend. Excuse me. And uh, I, I would not buy. I wouldn't buy anything but an ETF this time. Yeah. From now yeah. on, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, here's what I always say: is if you're going to buy individual stocks, you're going to be on top of that all the time, right? And uh, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you hear and what I always say to folks too, and they're like, "Well, you know, I talked to my buddy John, and you know, he bought X Y Z." Well, you know, it, and it did well. You know, I say, well, he probably bought XYZ and it did well, but he probably bought ABC and DEFG and those did poorly, right? And, uh, you know, people don't like talking about their losses. They like talking about their winners. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. yeah. The same thing they got to go to a horse race, tell you only about the winners. So. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. No, I tell you, I've been, you know, in business, in corporate finance for 12 years and then in this space for 15 years. And, uh yeah, you want market exposure and or sector exposure, make adjustments there. But trying to buy individual stocks, it's a, it's a, it's a tough game over time, over time. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for everything you guys do. You do a great job. I, I enjoy listening to you. I've learned a lot. And uh, Thanks, Mark. We appreciate you listening to us. Okay. Have a good Sunday. All right. Thank you. Yep. Yep. So now Mark brings up a good point, right? And we talk about that, which is, uh, you know, it's uh, – you know, here's the thing is you can do all the right fundamental research. And, uh, you know, I used to work for a corp uh, public corporation, so I, I kind of know behind the scenes what, what goes on. And uh, what I'm going to tell you is you may think you know what's going on based on your research. You don't know everything that's going on. And I'm telling you, that's across, you know, pretty much any company. And, you know, it doesn't mean that there's fraud necessarily, but it just doesn't mean that you have all the information that's out there. And I was just reading about uh, Peloton, right? They had a situation with, with their treadmill uh, running into issues. And, you know, stuff with companies that can happen real quickly and impact them. Uh, so you just got to be aware of it. We're going to go back to the phone lines. We have John from Amsterdam. John, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hi. How you doing? I just had the opposite question. Uh, I have a little too much growth, and I was looking to switch more into value. Mm -hmm. And what would you recommend for that? Uh, well, just like I said to the uh, wait, so you have a little bit too much growth, and you're looking to value. Is that right, or just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. my retirement funds, I, I, I have all uh, growth funds, really growth and um, um, index, you know, yep. and growth and income, but no value. Yeah. So looking, you've... Oh, actually, my question is, should I switch into value a little bit at this point, or or not? Yeah, I would switch in. So you've done really well with growth, right? You know, if you've had it in there. You've been crushing it, which yeah. is awesome. So just, yeah, start moving a little bit into value. Again, it's hard to tell exactly how these things rotate. <laughs> Growth can continue going, right. but, you know, they tend to come in long periods of time. So, yeah, I would, you know, sell some of the growth, add in value. That, that VTV is the, uh, you know, the, the, the Vanguard one. But if it's in a 401k, most 401k plans do have a large cap value. Um, so yeah, look into that and, and see what you can find. Sure, the one we have is Dodge and Cox. I don't know. That's mostly financials, I think. But, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, John, I, I we're, 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 we're going to have to end here. So I uh, appreciate the question, and uh, we'll, we'll talk next week. 
All right, folks. Well, it was a whole hour, and uh, it's been great to be here with you. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. Make sure you reach out to people to tell them that you appreciate them. And as I mentioned, make sure you appreciate this big blue world that we live in. You have a great day, and I'll, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.